Movies and Booze on Moncrief. Brought to you by Lidl's award-winning wine range. Lidl. More for you. Enjoy alcohol sensibly. Visit drinkaware.ie. At the opposite end of the stupid spectrum, we are joined once again by uh, Esther Fanula and Dean. Good afternoon to you all. Good afternoon. Hi, guys. Yeah. Now, uh, Dean, we're doing a mammoth four beers today. Uh, is uh, like, Are you going out with the lads afterwards or what's going on? <laughs> we start early, yeah. We, we've got what has to be the longest St. Patrick's Day ever coming up next week. So uh, we, we've got two... Challenge accepted, <laughs> I hear, around the country. <laughs> two, two bank holidays. And while, while we don't promote the idea of drinking to excess, I think it would be naive to suggest that there would be nobody in the country that would be drinking a little bit more than they might normally drink on St. Patrick's Day. Right. So we're looking at session uh, beers, uh, session IPAs, and we've got four of them, all from Ireland, given uh, the week that's yeah. in it. And um, uh, yeah, we're looking at them. So they're they're a respectable strength of between three and three point eight percent. Right. Okay. Um, so they're a little bit low, lower in strength. But we have got weights and measures from uh, Galway Bay um, Whiplash Rollover, and then we've also got beer from <laughs> Whiplash. Doesn't sound like a session of bourbon, really. <laughs> that's the brewery. So uh, uh, thing, and then we've got uh, a beer from Ballycolcavan and uh, Wicklow Wolf as well. Right. Okay. And uh, the two movies you're doing today, uh, Esther, The Adam Project. The Adam Project is uh, Ryan Reynolds reteaming with Sean Levy, who uh, had a bona fide hit in his hands late last year with Free Guy. Um, it did really well. It was a big sleeper. It, it ran for, for several weeks mm. and did good box office. So they're teaming up again, this time for Netflix. Um, and it is like, could Ryan Reynolds be any more Ryan Reynolds? Oh, Do you no, know what is I mean? it still that? Uh, I was hoping it's that he might that. try a bit of acting at some point. It, and it, there's a tenderness to it at times, but most of that comes like Mark Ruffalo is in this as well, and he just makes everything better. I think that he's in, um, but he is is so it's a time travel and drama, um, Back to the Future, as directed by Christopher Nolan, only because it's so convoluted, um, and it's. Yeah, he goes back in time. He is trying to get back from 2050 to 2018. He's a fighter pilot. He wants to stop the development of a time travel program because it's had disastrous consequences. But accidentally, he lands in 2022 where he meets um, his 12-year-old self, who I can confirm is just as quick with the back talk as grown-up Ryan Reynolds. So you've got junior Ryan Reynolds with the back talk here as well. Um, (laughs) That might be a nightmare. it somehow kind of works like mm. it's 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 forgettable but entertaining Friday night stuff. I would say it's right. all right. This yeah. okay. And I know they're not going to put that in the poster, but yeah. like, it's grand. <laughs> it's grand. And uh, yeah. a, an Irish language movie. We we haven't done many of them. As far as I recall, it's the well, second one ever. What a time it is, though, for Irish language cinema. This is this one's called Fosca. It's really good, and it is. A very, very exciting time for Irish language cinema at the moment because, um, Sean, in a world where Parasite can win Best Picture at the Oscars, not yeah. Best Foreign, and in a world where Squid Game is the biggest TV show in the world for a while there, um, I think the possibilities for filmmakers in the Irish language now are absolutely endless. Um, there's a heap of them coming and 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 it's really just in its infancy. As you said, we don't have a lot of features um, over the years, uh, maybe a lot of more documentaries. But what happened in 2017, um, Cine Cahar, uh, which is the BAI, Screen Ireland and TG Cahar 
came together and set up a fund um, to support for more Irish language filmmaking. So they have a competition style entry. Um, first of all, the first few years, obviously, it was development funding. But in recent years, then those those films went into production. And what you have now is a heap of um, of Irish uh, language movies coming out. We've already had Arapt, which was fantastic. If you missed it in cinemas, it's now streaming, actually, from this week. And um, we have uh, this this one, which is really strong as well, with the same lead actor from Arapt, uh, Don Lohealy, in, in the lead role here. And we've got a couple of others. There's one I haven't seen yet. But I love the idea of it called Rosha and Frank, um, which is about a woman who believes a dog who comes into her life is the incarnation of her dead husband. And frankly, I can't wait. And we also have um, on Colleen Kuhn coming out. You you might have heard about this one, Sean. There's been a lot of fuss about it. Um, It went to Berlin, had its world premiere there last month and picked up two awards in in a very prestigious festival. And it's an absolutely wonderful piece of work I, anyone who's seen it is falling in love with it it's about a, a young girl from um, a troubled family who goes to spend a summer in the early 1980s with uh, with relatives and it's really very special so what you have got going on here is the funding's in place uh audiences are ready for it audiences aren't intimidated by by um you know having to read their movies anymore mm-hmm. and uh the filmmakers are stepping up to the plate a lot of them first second time filmmakers so it's, it's a really exciting time and it's proof i think that um you know a, a, a high tide raises all boats i guess yeah. even the strong indigenous film industry and you've got like big productions coming in here as well like star wars and and and, and stuff like that um i think it paves the way for for other filmmakers to come true and that's what's happening here now uh, so the filmmaker here is a guy by the name Sean Brannock um, and it's it's about a guy we all know, this one, I think. He yeah, okay. Well, well, I'm going to stop you there, Esther. You're giving yeah. the review there. So uh, okay. you, you, can, <laughs> you can do that uh, uh, later on. I actually just finished watching uh, Squid Game. I was surprised how gripping it was, must be said. Um, speaking of telly, is there... Now, George R. R. Martin says he's writing on the... He's working on this book. Is this like a... a, a ga- it could be a Game of Thrones... Sequel, so prequel, sequel. I'm and I'm open to correction from fans, but as far as I'm aware, right, the issue with the end. Well, there were a lot of issues at the end of Game of Thrones for mm. anyone who has watched, as I did. Um, but the issue with that was the series went on, but he hadn't finished kind of the follow up story. So the TV writers were left to their own devices. I'm pretty sure this Winds of Winter book is this book, and he was writing it at the time of the series finishing and it's still not finished but basically he's put out a statement to say look he's still working on it it's his number one priority the story will be told etc etc he made a lot of progress in 2020 he made less last year um, but he was just saying it's he needs he needs it to be done and he acknowledges the fans are waiting for it and it's coming, blah, blah, blah. There is a prequel series coming um, at some stage this year. It's House of the Dragon. I thought we had a date for it, but we don't. It's going to be on HBO Max, so I'd imagine like a Sky Atlantic Now job over here. It's the House of the Dragon. So it's the Targaryen, tells the story of the Targaryen house, so like all the blondes basically. And it's like Matt Smith, um, Olivia Cooke, uh, it's, I think it's wrapped, it's in post-production and I think there's a teaser trailer that people can watch but we don't have anything concrete in terms of when we'll actually be able to watch it yet. I, who who cares at this point? Who is, we, I'm sure, and that's not fair because clearly he's put out this statement because people are like, where's the book, George? Yeah. But I just, I, I will watch this House of the Dragon series out of pure curiosity but I think there was, 
the end of Game of Thrones left such a bad taste in people's mouths that I do mm. wonder is the appetite is the word I'm looking for is the appetite there for it anymore to be honest because it seems to be it's almost a cyclical thing like Game of Thrones is the biggest show in the world and then it moves off and Squid Game for instance for a while was the biggest show in the world and then it's replaced by something else that's the biggest show in the world mm. and it's like you can't have two of them yeah and I think Game of Thrones was kind of the first of its kind maybe yeah, since yeah. like Sopranos, I suppose, it's only like a barber thing in terms of like prestige yeah. event TV. Oh everyone God, in Verse Comics saying, "What about this? What oh, about the wire? What please, about yeah? No, don't. On. The what? Yeah, the wire is in that bracket yeah, as well. But yeah. I mean, there's only you don't have a few examples pre that. Yeah. Um, but the in comparison to Game, uh, Game of Thrones, then like they all yeah. ended very well in comparison for fans. So I'm not sure. I just every time I hear news about this, I'm like. There's only so many dragons and things that can happen, you know what I mean? And like, someone's bad and they're pillaging a village. Okay. So yeah, like, there's a brother. True. All right. Yeah, and there's a million shows now that are kind of like it already. Yeah, I think there's that with the one on Amazon, The Wheel of Time. Yeah. Is that what it's called? That's what that's, it's called, yeah. Yeah, that's gotten very good reviews. I don't know. <laughs> the Wheel of Time is like the biggest Lord of the Rings ripoff. Uh, it is a total Lord of the Rings ripoff. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Load of people have to go on a quest to find something. Okay. Ooh, I wonder Similar. where you got that idea from. I've heard that before. And sure, but the Lord of the Rings sequel, or I don't actually know where it is in the timeline, but that is coming to Amazon soon as well. So like... I don't know. We, we there's enough elves and like creatures and things. Yeah, on screen. The Other things, of please. Rings and things. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no. Yeah. Okay. So no one's excited. Poor old George. R. He Sorry, George. A, yeah, he could have got a move on there and kind of just finished yeah. that book. I don't and, know. Uh, like, what's he doing that he can't finish the book? Especially like, and I, he did say he made more progress in 2020 with the pandemic, but the pandemic was still happening in 2021. So I'm like, what? What else were you doing? I just, I, I he's obviously very dedicated to this specific book and the specific story, which like is admirable. But I just feel like he's missed that boat in terms of even jumping on the momentum of the series. You know, I don't know. Yeah, Seems a bit silly. Well, I suppose he doesn't need the money. I suppose that's for very sure. true. Very true. Now, this is interesting. A live action Pinocchio. Is this interesting? I'm not, I think it is. <laughs> I, at least I'm intrigued where I'd want to see the trailer at the very least. This completely passed me by because we talk about the live action remake so much and I thought I would have known about this. But anyway, whatever. Um, it's a spin on the animated Disney film from the 40s um, and it's adapted from the actual children's novel which was The Adventures of Pinocchio and we got our first photo this week of Tom Hanks who's going to play... Pinocchio's dad Geppetto Um, he looks very good on it Um, Pinocchio is voiced by someone called Benjamin Evan Ainsworth Um, and the Pinocchio is like very close to the actual it's obviously a doll whatever but like it looks exactly like the cartoon it's very close to details Um, it's coming to Disney Plus I don't think we have a date for that yet but the funny thing is it's not the only Pinocchio movie coming out this year there's like two others (laughs) which I didn't realise so uh, there's there's Pinocchio A True Story which is like an animated film starring Pauly Shore from Lionsgate I think that's coming out at the end of this month and then in December Netflix have a stop motion animated Pinocchio with Gregory Mann Ewan McGregor um, and Guillermo del Toro how do you pronounce that name he's directing he's directing so I think it's going to be like freaky deaky the puppets come alive and I don't know I think it's going to be a darker universe comics twist on it but do we need any more Pinocchios? We don't no, need three. but that is weird. Hollywood does that all the time. It's like that. The, suddenly there's a whole load of films that are deal with X. Yeah. Know, or some historical figure. And I don't know. I, I don't know. I wonder how that happens. It's incredibly bad timing. I don't know. Or maybe they're just capitalising on the fact that they are all releasing at the same time so they can be like, 
Maybe like Pinocchio's gone out of uh, copyright. Print. Oh, actually, yeah, potentially. And then they can all make it. Yeah. Okay, well, I, you know, look forward to Pinocchio Strikes Back (laughs) or or whatever that is. Right, so uh, tell us about our first beer, Dean. Right, the first beer is we've got uh, Goldie Bay Weights and Measures and we've got Whiplash uh, Rollover Session IPA. So the style, first of all, it's. with a number of styles, you can have kind of beers that are on, on a ladder of different alcohol strengths. So when you hear the word session, usually it's around 3 to 5%. Um, and then with a classic IPA, you're looking at 55 to about 7%. Um, going up from that double IPA around the kind of 7% to 10%. And imperial IPA could be anything from 8% up to 12 13%. This is the, the session end of the scale. Uh, weights and measures 3% ABV. Uh, so it's okay. Uh, that's on. That's on the yeah milder end. Yes, kind of right, right at the uh, at the entry level. Uh, now this is at the type of strength that would have been quite common. An awful lot of people talk about how much we drink these days, but the reality is, if you go back into history. The volume that people drank historically was huge. And in the UK in particular, you had a lot of beers that were around 2, 2.5, 2.8% for two reasons. Uh, Oh, really? I always thought, like, people drank beer because they they couldn't trust the water. But I would would have thought the beer was much milder than, or or less strong. That you would have had milder beers and they would have been the beers that people would have drank around 11, 12, 1 in the day, as not at night time. To be responsible, yes. (laughs) And uh, part of it would have been they, w- they would have worked out something that we know reasonably scientifically now that um, a beer up to about 2.8% is uh, hydrating and then once you go above 2.8% it starts to become dehydrating. Oh, that's uh, interesting. So with those weaker beers uh, what you found was that people could work and drink the beer as something that wasn't going to dehydrate them and then wipe them out for, uh, for the day's work. Now with um, beers around this strength one of the challenges is getting flavour into it. And one of the advantages that IPA has is that you can put a lot, lot of hops into the beer without affecting the um, the alcohol strength. Mm. The alcohol strength is coming from the malt. So in the case of the, the Galway Bay, uh, what you're looking at is lots of fruit flavour. Um, uh, combined, you've got a citrus, lemon, peach. Uh, you've got a certain amount of rose water, Turkish delight. And then yeah, they've done very, yeah. a very good job on uh, getting the body of the, the beer solid as well. So they've brought in some oats into it to give a little bit more substance. The um, Whiplash Rollover Session IPA, a little bit more acidic. So again, fruity flavours, mm. but more passion fruit, a little bit of strawberry, strawberry pips in there um, in terms of flavour. Both similar in terms of style, so they're going to be similar in terms of flavour, but yeah. there are differences as you break them down. But yeah. two, two lovely beers. Two lovely yeah. beers indeed. Uh, so uh, Esther, uh, should we do Fosca first, seeing you've already half reviewed it? Okay. Okay, all right. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll do that coming up after the break. Movies and Booze on Moncrief. Brought to you by Lidl's award-winning wine range. Lidl, more for you. Enjoy alcohol sensibly. Visit drinkaware.ie. When I go to club. I'm 
There you go. Uh, that's uh, Fasca there, and uh, obviously in the Irish language, and obviously Irish because you could hear the rain for half of that clip. Uh, so, right, Esther, uh, what's the story? The story is um, it's set about it's about this guy that we all know, Sean. He's um, a guy by the name of John, and he I don't is, know him. he's this character he's kind of a bit of a mountain man you know um he lives in rural ireland there's a small half acre of of land on the back of the garden um he's led a very very sheltered life and that's what fosca means here it's shelter um and he is you know very a very arrested development kind of character um his parents do everything for him cook for him clean for him um, and he works on the on the bit the bit of land and the bit of a garage they have, uh, but when his mother dies, he's kind of suddenly propelled into adulthood at the tender age of twenty six. He's played by Donald O'Haley, who, if you've seen Arapt uh, and that wonderful wonderful centre of performance in it, you'll know is our, a bit of our Irish language movie star right now, uh, and and knocking it out of the blocks here as well. So what happens is. Like he's he's left with this land. He, he can't even cook for himself. You see him trying to put beans into the <laughs> into the pan at one stage. Um, he really, you know, he's obviously a virgin, like so obviously a virgin. Um, has never even maybe even been able to express himself around women, really. Um, and is kind of a, a lonely character. You know, we see him at one stage, shortly after the funeral, getting beaten up pretty violently, actually, by a local tug. Um, who, when he's leaving the chipper, I don't know about you, when I, when I was small, I was always told, don't go to the chipper after the disco, it's where trouble happens. And sure enough, that's what happens here. And he, the, this tall thing. <laughs> that's what you were told. That's because that's your parents didn't want you wearing the face off somebody outside the disco. That's. <laughs> I didn't say I didn't go, Sean. I said I was told not to go. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's, yeah, he's beaten up quite violently and this tug thinks he's now worth a fortune and he's kind of the the subject of gossip I suppose in this rural community in which he lives it was shot in, in the west of Ireland there on the Galway Mayo border um of Connemara that part of Connemara and he is kind of there people are kind of closing in on him I suppose and you, you kind of become quite invested in this man you know because there's another there's another guy um, who says to him, you know, he wants he wants to develop a wind farm on the property and he's quite an intimidating character. You get the the idea that he's playing him as well financially and pretending, you know, he's like the developer says, this is just bog and stones. You get 15 grand at most, but I'll give you 25 because I knew your parents sort of thing. You know, you just know he's a chancer. Um, but there is a, a neighbour who kind of really believes in him and says, and, and I think this is a really striking line in the film, he says to him, it's time, John, to stop living like a ghost. Um, and he says, Jackie, his father was a great man and there's greatness in you too, John. So it's kind of about that. It's a coming of age tale, really, where the coming of age character is 26. You mm. know, it's kind of mad. But as I say, I do think we've we've all known someone like this in our lives. Um so he ends up in hospital after the beating up and um, 
in a strange way, like he feels safer in there. He has to stay there for a long time because he got very badly attacked. Yeah. Okay, um, Esther, I, I'm just going to stop you there. I don't know if you're. Uh, uh, if have you gone to Ukraine to fight? Because it sounds like there's a series of explosions uh, going off in the background there. So uh, they might talk to you uh, to see can they get uh, uh, the old microphone uh, fixed there. Uh, the uh, we were talking earlier on about uh, um, Penelope telling us there's going to be a live action version of Pinocchio. Uh, one text with Maura says Tom Hanks sticking to type as usual. I, I don't know if he's ever played uh, Geppetto before. So. A puppet maker? I mean, I, it, I, it, an older he a, man? He, he's of that age. Well, he can't like, help I, that. Yeah. He, has a, he has a book of short stories actually called Uncommon Type, which is pretty good, oh, actually. I didn't know um, that. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Kevin says Hill Street Blues was the copper show to beat the wire. Crikey, Kevin. Showing your age there. Let's be careful out there. You know, I have do you remember known. that? I do, yeah. yeah. Who wouldn't so remember? Oh, no, no. Yeah. wouldn't remember that. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was very good. Who yeah. Was, yeah. You might have interrupted it when you were crying. <laughs> uh, looking for your back uh, And uh, we were wondering what George R. R. Martin was doing. He was involved with the creation of the video game Elden Ring, the world development and story. You asked what he was doing. Sounds a little snippy, the end of that comment, <laughs> must say. Uh, John says, I worked in Denmark in the late 90s. Having a low alcohol beer at a meeting or with lunch was common. Uh, very civilised. Yes, indeed. Now, bit of a controversy in Disney about um, same-sex affection. Yeah, so basically, if people don't know, there was this legislation passed in Florida this week, the Don't Say Gay Bill, which is, I won't get into the ins and outs, but it's essentially that it's like... You, you can't know, mention it in schools now or an alarm goes off. Yeah, so yeah. There, so uh, Pixar employees sent uh, a letter, uh, LGBTQ employees and their allies sent this letter to Disney corporate executives basically saying that, look, every time they've tried to have a, like an overtly gay moment or like a moment of affection we'll say in any of these movies it's been scuppered by them and I think it was after uh, they came I think the heads up kind of came out and it seemed to be a bit lip service about how they were like against the Don't Say Gay Bill or whatever Um, if you look but I didn't even know this because I actually didn't see Onward um, but there was a, a moment in that there was like this Cyclops police officer Spectre that had made reference to having a girlfriend and their character was like explicitly female. But even then, when it went to places like Kuwait and Qatar and Saudi Arabia, obviously that word was taken out and replaced with like partner. Mm. Um, So yeah, but I thought it was interesting because two weeks ago you had Josh Gad come out who was LeFou, is that his name? Yeah, Beauty and the Beast in the live action where he basically said he was he was kind of annoyed that they didn't go far enough with it. This was Because, yeah, ago. his character was obviously in love with uh, the, the main character guy. Who yeah, and the, yeah. Uh, Gaston, yeah. Gaston, he, yeah. He said we didn't, we didn't go... Cause, and there was a lot of talk about it in the lead up to it, and I think, because I think someone came out and basically said, yeah, it was the director, Bill Condon, came out and said, oh, yeah, it's going to be the first Disney movie to have an exclusively gay moment. And then it ended up being this kind of shot of LeFou dancing with a man at one point during mm, like a musical yeah. thing. And then there was kind of nothing said of it. But yeah, Gad came out as well and said that they didn't really do justice to what was kind of the first real gay character in a Disney film. So yeah, I don't really know if this letter is actually going to really do anything or whatever. I can understand the frustration because there seems to be a lot of there seem to have been a lot of like moments or like a lot of, you know, coded LGBTQ characters or whatever, but it's never explicitly like okay, this person identifies as gay or this person is a lesbian or whatever and I think that can be frustrating when you have the higher ups, as I said, paying lip service to being like, yeah, we're all about representation and uplifting these stories and giving a platform for them. But like when it actually comes down to it, it's like, no, 
Very, Absolutely yeah, not. Or very gen- and she had that movie. I think it's coming to Disney today or, the, or this weekend at least about you know the girl, the turning red, yeah, turning yeah. red, which apparently is about periods. Now, completely went over my head. That's what it was about, but apparently ah, that's what it's about. Sorry, that makes that also went over my head. <laughs> but that makes sense because yeah, because it was about she's uh, coming of age, whatever, and it's like every time she gets embarrassed, she turns into this panda, and the panda's yeah. red. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I'd heard no. that as well. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. The only person who seems to have copped it is Donald Clark in the Irish Times, and I don't know he, whether he's particularly premenstrual that he picked up on that. <laughs> Uh, but certainly I didn't. Uh, um, so I don't, I, again, but it's one of those things that it's there for interpretation. But, you know, if you don't get it, that's fine kind of thing. So let's not, you know, let's not push that message yeah. too much. Yeah. So we keep kind of both sides of the aisle happy. Yeah. Which I suppose, though, in fairness to them, is, is a difficulty. If they have an explicitly gay character in one of their films, then suddenly, you know, they're banning it in Florida and they're banning it in various states around the US. Yeah, and they and don't want that. Absolutely, yeah. It's a money thing as well. Like you obviously want to be able to open in as many markets as possible and fundamentally make as much money as possible from release. So Yeah. What a heartening message that is. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. Uh, more movies and booze to talk about after this. Movies and booze on Moncrief. Brought to you by Lidl's award-winning wine range. Lidl. More for you. Enjoy alcohol sensibly. Visit drinkaware.ie. Right, so uh, Dean, let's talk about uh, our, our second tranche of beers. Well, our second pair of beers, yes. So we have um, Millhouse Session IPA from Ballykilcavan and we've got Eden Session IPA from Wicklow Wolf. Now, the Millhouse, um, I, I was going through a kind of a range of different fruit flavours. So I've got uh, lemon, lime, pineapple, grapefruit, and then there's an interesting kind of vanilla flavour to it. Um, and it gives it a bit more uh, substance to it. Uh, the, the Eden was one that kind of made me really curious because the the can is very distinctly green and uh, it's called Eden and that made me think of apple and I was kind of thinking mm, am I going to yeah. think that I'm going to taste apple because I'm seeing so much uh, cues of apple I didn't actually get apple I got a little bit of apple in it but more rhubarb which is a, an interesting right. okay, flavour interesting one yeah, yeah. Um, so again um, uh, 3.5 and 3.8% uh, ABV but uh, building up the flavour with the uh, hop characters so what they do is they um, use a lot of dry hop uh, which is hops added in uh, either during fermentation or at the end of fermentation and then the essential oils from the hops dissolve into the beer and give you a whole uh, range of, of wonderful flavours um, when they're added in during the fermentation sometimes then the yeast can uh, work with the uh, essential oils and convert them into uh, other flavours as well. It's called biotransformation. Uh, so you get kind of different flavours evolving from the original essential oil effectively being kind of partially fermented and converted by the yeast. Crikey, so, that's lovely. very technical sounding. Also, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the second one... <laughs> So that's the, the, the Eden, yep. So um, again, uh, relatively light, uh, 3.8% ABV. Okay, and yeah. um, uh, has uh, that flavour of rhubarb and uh, a suggestion of pine. They're saying that there's um, uh, notes of pine in it, but it's very, very light. Now they're using um, uh, American hops and with American hops you can get an arra- a range of flavours, but with classic West Coast IPAs, uh, the, the, the prototypical flavours for a West Coast IPA are lemon, lime, citrus and pine. So they're using an American Actually, on that, 
on that, I mean, I, I don't know if it'll affect hops, but wheat and things like that, with what's going on in Ukraine, will that affect beer production? Do you it's know? an interesting one. Now, for um, beer production, you need very, very good quality barley. Mm. So, as a general rule of thumb, because I, I was stunned to find out how much uh, grain we're importing uh, into Ireland. Now, obviously, we're, we're huge beef producers, and uh, I, I think we're number four in the world for the amount of beef that we produce. So, there's a lot of feed needed for that, and we only have so much land ourselves. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, going to be an interesting time. I, th- I think um, uh, I, I uh, don't know. Do people get um, uh, grains from Russia of the quality that are used in brewing? Yeah, um, you know. I, know because, I was thinking more Ukraine, really. Uh, produce, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, well, you've you've got the, the the barley belt is kind of going across uh, northern Europe. So basically, you've got kind of almost a line across Europe, and south of that line, it's grain. And right. most of that okay. line is barley, so Ukraine would be <laughs> right. in, 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 <laughs> so like the beer bit and the wine bit. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it's just purely to do with the the the, the uh, climate and, and so on. That yeah. obviously, like in in Ireland, we're solidly in the barley belt, and yes, we've got course. perfect uh, uh, climate for it. Where okay, we, but of course we don't know. There might be all sorts of unintended or, or unforeseen uh, knock-on effects of yeah. all this. Yeah. Uh, Kevin says uh, on the subject of TV shows, uh, there are repeats that make certain shows ageless, including Hardcastle and McCormick and Dad's Army. What's Hardcastle and McCormick? Like, again, like... <laughs> Never heard of that one. Cop show, I think, from the 80s or 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Kevin, not that ageless, <laughs> uh, really. Uh, right, we'll uh, move on to our uh, second movie of the day. It is The Adam Project. Here's a clip. I want you to stay in a garage. Let some creepy dude just wander around my house alone? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, believe me, I don't want to be here any more than you want me here. I just got to stop bleeding long enough. Address the wound, prevent a nasty infection, and I will be on my merry way. Don't touch that. I was just looking. Don't touch my stuff. Is this a lightsaber? No, it's not a lightsaber. Enough with the bat. If I wanted to hurt you, I'd have done it already, because if I'm being perfectly honest with myself, you have a very punchable face. Ooh, punchable face. Right, okay. So, uh, yeah. Let's go, Esther. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, as if we didn't need him to be even more Ryan Reynolds, they've now cast him as a fighter pilot from the year 2050. So he's even more gung ho. Um, and he is, yes, it's set in, in three different time zones. Uh, this it's t- a time travel uh, drama comedy, obviously. Um, and it teams him back up with the director, free guy, uh, Sean Levy. So he is. It's set in the year 2050 initially. We learn time travel is now a thing and he plays a character by the name of Adam Reed. He's trying to whiz back in time to 2018 to stop a project called the Adam Project being developed, uh, Sean. So this was actually uh, pioneered by his father, who's played by Mark Ruffalo, who's this kind of gifted physicist who toyed with the idea of time travel but never wanted it to be put, placed in practice and has no idea that... This has happened um, following his death. Um, he is that that program was engineered by um, Maya Sorian, who's played by Catherine Keener here in embracing her inner baddie. And uh, it by going back to 2018, it's going to change the course of his entire life because it's before he met his wife Laura, who's played by Zoe Saldana. So it's it's a big dilemma for him to risk losing her and not meeting her in another environment which she believes will happen um because their love's so strong and uh 
Yeah, he, he, he takes a wrong turn and goes in, instead to the year 2022 and lands in the home of his childhood self. Young Adam is 12 and he's struggling with bereavement following the loss of his father, who's again, also Mark Ruffalo, obviously. Um, and his relationship with his mother, who's the th- poor, thankless Jennifer Garner, just playing the thankless mother role again. I mean, mm. time to be getting sorry, 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 Esther, I'm confused there. Mark Ruffalo died in 2018, but lived till 2050 to invent a time machine. Or, or sorry, am I getting that wrong? No, no. Um, Mark Ruffalo is, is both Adam's father. Yeah. So... Right, he's Ryan Reynolds and the young Adam's father. Right, and uh, he he is since bereaved. He has since died. So uh, in 2022, when we meet young Adam, we find out that the father has, re- who's played by Mark Ruffalo, has re- recently died. Right. Um. So he's struggling with that bereavement. Okay. When did he invent and, the time uh, machine then? In 2018. Are you going to try and apply logic to this? Okay, right. Okay. Just four <laughs> years before, there was a time machine made. There's one in the garage or something. Is there? That's kind of... It was made. No, it, was, it wasn't. It was pioneered in 2018. Right. Okay. But he never intended it to be put into practice, time okay. travel. Well, then why but would you the, make one then? What's the sense the in that? the woman who financed it, he, he was a theoretical physicist, right? But the woman who financed his studies is played by Catherine Keener, who ends up being a big baddie and after he passes in the future, invents time travel. Um, so that's where we're kind of at. Right. It's okay. very convoluted. Like, it, and also it doesn't trust its audience because we, you know, it's a time travel film. Yeah, we know someone's going to try and go back to the past to change the course of something. Otherwise, mm. there wouldn't be a film, you know. But it's there's a likability to it, um, despite Reynolds' presence in it. There's a likability to it. I think it's um, it does kind of find a bit of heart. I think the young um, the young Adam is very good, played by a young actor by the name Walker, Walker Scobell. I think it looks at you know, bereavement and loss and that sort of stuff in a in a light enough way um, that makes it accessible, I think. Uh, it has Robocop-type characters who try and chase Ryan Reynolds back, so it's got that big combination of um, of sci-fi and drama. Uh, and it's, there's a lot of air fire uh, battles as well, him being an air pilot, obviously. So it's got enough to entertain a young audience, I think, and a family audience. Um, and there is a surprising tenderness to it at times, uh, Reynolds doesn't redeem himself to my mind I'm just getting really tired of the same old shtick from him I do think Sean Levy brings a, a layer out to him that other directors don't I, I quite liked Free Guy I thought it was mm. quite sweet in places and I think there's there's hints of that here as well um, but yeah he's just in everything at the moment as well it's, I'm just getting tired of him to be honest with you yeah but has he been uh, has he not like uh, am I wrong in this he, he seems to have gravitated towards streaming services rather than he's making movies that appear in actual cinemas anymore it's an interesting one because yeah the, the, that awful thing he did Red Notice as well was another Netflix t- film with Gal Gadot um, I thought it was pretty bad, but it may like it. I was an absolute smash hit for Netflix. It, it was one of their biggest films oh. ever, um, and there's two sequels on the way. Uh, so he's obviously having success on, with that audience. So Free Guy got a cinema release as well. I think it was at a time the cinemas were just open here, uh, but it did get a cinema release here and in the US, and it then quickly went to to Disney Plus. I think so. It's interesting, but like there's so many actors now. Um, um, do movies with the streamers you know it's not that unusual anymore and uh it's going to be interesting to see where the future of all that goes but i just like to see him try acting sometime because 
you know, as a as an emerging actor, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds was really good. Like mm. he was in a film called Buried. Um, I don't know. If yeah, saw it. yeah. Funny. When he was in, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of his phone boot. It was mm. all the whole thing hinged on him and a coffin because he was buried alive, and and it was um, a, a real time type thriller, very kind of an experimental film, um, and it was a nifty ninety minutes, and he was really good in it. Uh, maybe he, this is the kind of stuff he wants to do, and the kind of stuff he's being offered. Uh, now there are quieter moments, there are less Ryan Reynolds moments, uh, especially with the child. Um, and uh, yeah, it's grand. There's a huge cast in this one, like Zoe Saldana, Mark Ruffalo. Um, I don't know if it was what you're what you're going to see now with the streamers is some films are are produced by the streamers in a deal with Netflix, like say like the Adam Sandler films. Um, they're all as part of a deal that he has with them. But then some of them are acquisitions as well, because the streamers the, the ante has been up for all of them. Like so, everyone's out shopping. And they've got deep pockets because they're all fighting for a share of the market, you know, and there is more and more coming on board. Mm. Um, so there's a big kind of streamer war going on at the moment. And they're all going to film festivals like Sundance and, and shopping for the, the kind of prize winners there. So I'm not sure if this is an acquisition or a part of a deal um, they've done with the director and produ- production team. But you're going to see a lot more of this because the, the streamers, as, as the, the market becomes more fragmented and more people come on board, um, and I, I was talking to somebody in the US yesterday, actually, who said there, there are even more of them over there. So they're probably coming our way. You know, I think you'll see HBO, um, you know, the, the streamer arm of Warner probably in Europe before the end of the year, I would imagine. Uh, Paramount Plus is another one that's in the States and probably making its way here. Way here, here. So you're going to see a lot more big name actors on stream, I think. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see what that means for, for cinemas as well, because, you know, yeah. it's been a dreadful couple of years um, for the cinema industry. And, and you know, it could emerge to be a good thing. It could make more room for, for dramas and more of a variety of stuff because, you know, when they when they built the multiplexes, they didn't tell us they were going to put Harry Potter on eight screens, you know, so it, it might end up, uh, I think leading to more more variety for audiences both at home and on the big screen and in cinemas. Well, it's a perhaps, really really interesting time, you know. Yeah, it's maybe an optimistic way of looking at it. I suppose we'll see. It mightn't be great for Ryan Reynolds' career. Uh, Kira says, surely Jennifer Garner is getting offered better roles than the mum of Ryan Reynolds. Maybe it was a slow weekend. Uh, Brona says, you are too harsh on Ryan Reynolds. I think he's great. You make a compelling argument, Brona. <clears throat> we'll all reassess what we thought uh, after that. Uh, now, Pete Davidson, uh, this is a bit Ryan Reynoldsy as well. Pete Davidson's going to play himself. Yeah, it's a new comedy series from him and Lauren Michaels, obviously, uh, SNL guy. Um, it's tentatively titled Bupkiss, which I don't get. Maybe that's, I don't is know. Is that a name or some sort of slang term? I'm not sure, whatever. Well, but young it's people should know what that means. <laughs> they've, I, it must be an inside joke between them or something or a comedy thing with Pete Davidson. I'm not sure. Um, but they're they're comparing it provisionally to Kirby Enthusiasm, Larry Davidson, that he's okay. just going around. Larry David, sorry, um, looking at things and just being like, oh, my life is so hard, whatever. They're shopping at streamers at the minute, so that could be something that's going to <laughs> Nice pre-see of Curb Your yeah, Enthusiasm there. Great yeah. impression. Yeah. Um, it's, it'll be coming to streamers at some stage. Again, probably the right moment for him. He's, uh, in comparison to George R. R. Martin, like riding that wave that he's currently on with the Kardashians exposure and everything. Maybe that's why him yeah. and Kim are together. That's the strategy there. I'm not sure, but yeah, I expect that maybe later this year, early next year, I would say. Yeah, okay. And uh, joyous news for men who like to iron their jeans. Uh, <laughs> there's a Billy Joel 
biopic on the way. I think this is so interesting, right? So it's called Piano Man um, and it's Adam Rip is on board to write and direct. But the thing is, Billy Joel hasn't like authorised like any rights to anything, like his name, his likeness his story, his music. So I just, I have <laughs> so no idea. So there isn't a Billy Joel biopic on I, the way. I'm not. So, and, but even, the only reason this is interesting as well is because Adam Rip, who's, who's writing and directing, is the son of Artie Rip, who Billy Joel fans will know, I didn't know this, but basically he produced uh, his uh, Billy Joel's first solo album, which did really badly, the Cold Spring Harbour from 1971. Oh. And he's publicly blamed him for it failing. Um, and they've kind of fallen out since whatever. So, so it's got it all going for it then, really. Like, yeah. Like it has the drama behind the scenes. I think the movie is going to be absolutely terrible. Like they've said basically that they don't know what the music is going to be like in the film. Uh, your man Rip said in a statement that Billy Joel has been part of my life since my father signed him to his record label when I was four years old. Since <laughs> my father ruined his career. <laughs> music is ingrained in my DNA. It's been a dream of mine as a filmmaker to explore and celebrate the untold story of how Billy Joel became the piano man. So I think it's going to be like how the prequel, like his life. But then I just, I don't know. Remember that boy by yeah, a few years ago was... that they had no right to that. That was terrible. So if that was anything to go by, like this is not going to be good. And I just wonder in Billy Joel's life has anything that interesting happened? Yeah, Doesn't he married all... a rake of times? That's all, that's all I got there. But that doesn't yeah. even seem, that, we don't even know if that's even going to be covered with yeah. this. Like it's, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Don't hold your breath. Uh, <laughs> Esther, Fanula, Dean, thank you all uh, very much. Uh, that's our last for today, our production team today. Marisa Sullivan, Simon Tierney, and Michael Quilgan. Kieran's up next on News Talk. We'll talk to you on Monday. Have a lovely weekend. Movies and Booze on Moncrief. Brought to you by Lidl's award winning wine range. Lidl, more for you. Enjoy alcohol sensibly. Visit drinkaware.ie.